if they can have outright majorities, it needs to be about power. It needs to be about make exacting a political Derwin, price. You're angering me on... so much right now. <laughs> Darwin, I want to scream at you like there's no tomorrow. Because if that's what you want them to do, you gotta stop screaming about the stuff online you're mad about. Darwin. You're gonna say, oh wow, Darwin's trolling me. Because Darwin, free speech deserves to be defended. Do you not believe in the idea of GDP and aggregate demand? Yes, you are a hundred percent wrong here. I know you don't like I'm it. Telling you, I'm telling you to start thinking about reality and not what you want to be true. Alright, welcome to Lofty Darwinism. It is the night before the debate, and uh, Matt and I have just gone through an entire summer of COVID, and I think we have a lot of thoughts about uh things generally you know like that's like what what's the standout mo like like i don't come up with give me a metaphor what's like a what is right now like it's like having recorded three or four podcasts but no one's ever going to hear them <laughs> yeah. that that's not that's, that's I'm not sorry, inaccurate I, uh, we had some great it's like you had some great conversations some meaningful enlightening moments you came to some deeper truths and then somehow, some piece, somebody who was in charge of it all just didn't quite execute. Well, it's and, kind uh, of because it's, somebody it's, started paying me to edit these episodes, and I started editing those podcasts instead. Well, you didn't tell me what the price was for our work, <laughs> for our words to go out, Darwin. However, <laughs> look, I, I, you tell us this, that our listeners, you know, yeah, this thing is, guys, we never I got some pretty complicated episodes out. I got some pretty complicated episodes out. I want to do more episodes like that. And honestly, it just becomes more overwhelming the farther away I get. Like when we have like a hot take yeah. on the George Floyd protests and then it's like a month later, yeah. then I, I suddenly feel a little less yeah. like, oh my God, I get got to get this out. So yeah, I mean, this I kind of want to try and get this out day. like tonight or like tomorrow, you know, like try and. Sort of tighten up our window again. It's now November fourth, people, and uh, the world is in chaos. So yes, just, um, no, uh, yeah. All right, so, let's move on to the politics. So you, okay. get, you, you make your so, point. <laughs> sorry, uh, you know, uh, I mean, the, the obvious thing that should be discussed is, is the expectations game, which is the most inside political baseball. But it's just true about how humans work, right? You set everything ba- set to a baseline. And when you frame your opponent and how well they're going to do, it's important that you make them seem better than they are so that when you beat them or when they're coming at you, they don't sit but like... They, but they, that, that, I, that's not even like... That, that, that's not what Trump does. Trump isn't playing some three-dimensional like chess. He's trying to bully people. And he's like... So, in other words, like... Even if Biden doesn't come on and collapse on stage tomorrow night, th- the Trump line is going to be that he did, right? But, you know, but, but you can it's, only it's, do it's, it's, it the so old long. Trumpism is just saying Trump was right, and the rest of us say, "Well, no, he wasn't. He was completely wrong, and that's nonsense." And then the Trump line is to just double down on it but until people just get so sick of it. It's hard. It's much easier to double down against the imaginary person than it is the real person. I and mean, he will try to double down. I agree, but his effectiveness will go down against Joe Biden because up until now, like 60% of people believe he's a liar. I don't know where the other 40% have been, but uh, <laughs> like, I mean, some of his voters believe he's a liar. 10%, it was 30% said, no, he tells the truth. 
And here's the thing. Maybe he's what they call an honest liar. Like, you're, he's so obviously lying. It's like the truth because it's too obvious not to know, like, the broader truth of what he's saying, which is a lie. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just nonsense. And it's why we can't operate in that world. Um, well, look, I, I feel like, okay, so the Republican National Convention was designed to speak to me. Right. You know, like it was targeting people who think like I think that a lot of what's happening on the left is insane and cancel culture and designed to tear people down. So I I, I, I would expect that that is going to be the large you know, overview of what Trump is going to say is that he's going to say, well, the lefties online, they're all crazy, you know, like the, he'll definitely mention the squad like five times or something like that, you know, like, but, but I mean, ultimately it just doesn't ring true coming from an authoritarian who refuses to even say whether or not he'll leave, you know, like he's part of the problem. He's the genesis of yeah. the crazy that we have right now. And I think that that is, as long as Biden can just come up and say, he, look, look, here's the ways your life is actually going to improve if you can finally get Trump out of office, not to mention the part where this fucking man baby won't have control of your life anymore, you know, like then then that's the end of it to me. <laughs> and I think that's a fair place for that to go uh, to go. I just wonder if like it's he hasn't been quote unquote. He thinks he's, they say he hasn't been preparing because he thinks he can wing it. Now, Darwin, as someone who's tried to wing it at debate, those were never my best tournaments. Um, and the problem is, like, and somebody mentioned today, almost every president has a bad first debate because they're not used to people pushing back on them that hard. And mm. that is particularly true in this case on a one-on-one -on -one level, right? Like, the, the media push back on him all the time, but he doesn't let his inner circle do that, right? Like, right. I watched, I watched the announcement for the instant uh, virus test today, the 15-minute virus test. And the amount of times any of those people had to praise Trump and how amazing his leadership has been was just insane. It's insanity. It's it's complete bonkers. And and the, once we fucking destroy him at the polls, which we're <coughs> we're going to. I mean, I think we can start to kind of say that like he might try to steal it. He may even succeed in finding a way to steal it, but he's not going to win. And it's not because the vote is rigged against him. It is because every national poll that has been taken over the course of the last year has shown Biden ahead. There has been no national poll except I think for like the Trafalgar group, which is like a Republican pollster. Like yeah. they 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 like I think they had him up one once. I can't remember, but yeah. ultimately Biden's up by like eight points. He's he's probably gonna run the board. And when that happens, everybody's just gonna say, Well, you know, we never took Trump seriously. But like, why didn't you? Why didn't you take Trump seriously? Like I, that that's just the thing that I will never understand. I think they are taking him seriously. This so there's a lot of overcorrecting in the media for last time because the truth of the matter was like it was exactly about a one in three chance he was going to win. There was a lot of stuff breaking against it, and when you're in a like as much as uh, as much as Trump doesn't like to hear the truth, Democrats supporting Hillary Clinton. Really, none of us wanted to deal with it. Like, I, I called it, so I'm going to say it again because, you know, if I don't, I'll, people, people might forget. However, um, and I could be so wrong in the other, but like, the truth, what I could see was that none of us were super happy. Well, some people were very happy with the nominee, but no one wanted to tell the people who were happy with the nominee or the nominee herself that, like, hey, maybe don't. 
because please don't. And that was like all the thought. I mean, like we could say a thousand reasons. Like I like her a lot, and he can still just be like, "Man, please, can we give you a peace prize or something?" Just don't. And mm-hmm. she chose to do it, and she cleared a bunch of Democrats away, including Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren early, if they were running then, right? And and then had either of them particularly won. They would have beaten Trump, but also I think had either of them won in there or any other Democrat at that time, maybe Trump might not have gotten out of the out of the uh, Republican primary. Mm. And and so, like they were uniquely two people who could lose to each other because they were yeah. the two most unlikely and like unlikable politicians in the world. And that's not because Hillary Clinton's wrong all the time. It's because like. It's things have just not gone well for her in a lot of ways politically. Um, yeah, and she, you know, she, 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 you know, had flaws as a candidate. I, I also think in 2016, we clearly had some resentment happening towards just the reality that Barack Obama had been president for eight years. And look, I was ready to object, object to parts of the Obama doctrine myself. I voted third party in 2016. I think a lot of us were feeling like we didn't want this kind of, you know, like judgy government happening forever. But ultimately, Obama did fine. He did a fine job at like, you know, like considering the constraints, like what he came into office with. But I don't know. Like, I think they needed to punch something and somebody. And that was Hillary Clinton. It might have come down just as hard or twice as hard on Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren. Like, I I don't know that any candidate, you know, like. It just couldn't. Like, there's just. Neither, none of those people, like, like, no matter how hard he went after Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden, like, Hillary Clinton is a unique figure in history. And mm-hmm. in, in, in a way that is a perfect inverse to Donald Trump, right? The most qualified woman in the history of the world who a lot of people don't like very much because it's annoying because she tells too much of the truth all the time and to a point of a fault. And then she lawyers it up a little bit, but she is always trying to grapple with the like whatever that is right and sometimes oh you know like when she like in the 90s when she said something about like what am i supposed to sit at home and bake cookies all day or something like that right and everyone's like got pissed her she's like i'm a fucking lawyer man like get off me like why do you think i need to stay home and be bill's little wife the whole time and that made her very angry and she's justified in being pissed about that right she is a unique figure in our history um and and and, it t- and when we didn't, and we, 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 we like like the and she we is our history. It. She yeah. is our history. Like eight eighty eight to two thousand sixteen was the era of Bush Clinton, right? And and we had a Bush and a Clinton coming in as the front runners for their party nominations in twenty sixteen. Trump took out Bush. Bernie Sanders got vastly closer to taking out. Clinton than even Bernie Sanders expected, you know, so clearly people were rejecting that past. And I think the people just reject past. That's what we've been through in 2020. Like we, we don't like our past a lot of the times. And especially when we don't like our present, we take it out on the past. And this has been a year of reckoning over all the shitty things that we have done as people, as, as like, as individuals, as a country, like it has all been on the table. And I think on some level, Joe Biden represents that. Okay. We fucking, we've, we've registered our disapproval. Now 
let's just put the most normal person in that we can think of. <laughs> like uh, Joe Biden may, maybe if Joe Biden does his job properly, it's not going to be about any policy. It will be about reconciling America with its past. It will be. That's what we have to do next. We are, we are, we are now like essentially like almost 30 year olds as a country, right? We're, mm. we're mid, we're late twenties, you know, we're figuring we're, you know, 25 years old for two fifty plus something years old. So, I mean, it gets, it's getting there. And what were you like at 25, right? I think of a country as 10 years of a, of a human on some level, right? And, and we are going to have to be honest about our past, you know? And it, it comes out in, in our artwork. It comes out in our news. And it comes out in our politics. Um, but facing that truth is always hard. You know, that Jack Nicholson line of, you can't handle the truth. Like, I feel like I'm living that every single day. You know, but like, I, I don't, I don't think we are going to be able to do that so much. Like, I do think hopefully that Biden can put into place some policies that perhaps put some reckoning on the table. But ultimately, this was the reckoning. Like, we just lived through the reckoning. So whatever racial awareness was, you know, brought to light in the this country, I, I think that we should feel grateful for what has happened in 2020 because what I see happening is Trump losing and Trump supporters basically just creating an ironclad bubble around themselves and saying, this is our reality, this is our future. And I think whatever message we got out is going to be filtered out through the technology of tomorrow. You know, like I I think that that's a little bit overstating it, but I think that that is what we are facing right now. So the question is, how much can Joe Biden and the Democrats accomplish? And I think they honestly, they need to go for broke. They The next two years, if they can have outright majorities, it needs to be about power. It needs to be about make exacting a political Darwin, price. you're angering me on... so much right now. <laughs> Darwin, I want to scream at you like there's no tomorrow. Because if that's what you want them to do, you gotta stop screaming about the stuff online you're mad about, like because like it's like eventually the like all the cancel culture and the college stuff is not the actual policy, but it's the energy behind the policy that real adults end up making later, and like they have to trust us to do it, and like Obama built eight years of attempting to have trust, and yes, the but we're not there right uh, now. Let and me look, finish. Yeah, let me finish. Okay. <laughs> And when people complain about college campuses or see someone screaming at a professor or anything that seems unreasonable, it erodes that trust, whether that is indicative of the whole, an accurate sample size, or anything of the such, or just another piece of humanity doing humanity's thing. And so, like, Obama spent eight years building up trust, like being you know, the porter-in-chief, all that sort of stuff. And the thing is, none of it mattered because the only thing any of the Republican fears more than Democrats doing a bad job of governing is doing a good job of governing. Okay, but can I can I say there's a huge difference, and we really need to have a very clear understanding of this moving forward as a human race between like global ideas and groups, which are grand falloons for the most part, and individuals. So like if an individual says something that you don't like and it makes sense in your woke world, then I don't think you call that person out or at minimum you start a dialogue. You don't just assume that person is evil. What I am saying is 
just because I don't think every human who isn't like me is a bully doesn't mean that I don't recognize bullies. And what the GOP has done, especially with this court seat, is completely shake off any idea of decency, normalcy, rules. And you have to exact a price in order for there to be balanced governing. You have to actually say, I'm not such a pushover that I won't do this, but you get to do it. I, I hear you, Darwin. I just want, as the person who is actually identified, like me and you are, and, and the people a little bit older than us, are what they actually identify as the modal American right now. We're a little younger than modal American, but we're right there with it, which is the most av- like the most common type of American. That doesn't mean like they're the most of us. Like like they're the most like if you're gonna co- like the it mode's a hard thing to explain when you're not just doing the math. But like we'll, we'll move on to the point. Like what, the point what, like, is maybe they'll help me. You're <laughs> the you're the voter. You're the number one type of voter. You're the swing voter. That's why they targeted you in that. And as someone who is aware enough to realize that they're targeting you and have the kind of hatred you have for this regime. I need you to just like shelve your criticism for a little while because, or focus it on actually just pi- like, like it, it means against your nature because you're contrarian, but you need to like, just, just focus on pipe pipering people and stop like making them deal with the truth in the next month. Right? Like there's a lot, not even the truth, like your perception of it. Like, yes, there's criticisms. There's tons of stuff to talk about. The left is totally messed up. On November 4th, let's have that discussion. That is what I want. <laughs> well, actually, I, I I disagree with you. I'm sure that is a big shocker for That's you. That's the point of this. But I, I, I think that what is happening right now is something that is rather worth paying attention to, which is I am a Democrat. I changed my registration from Libertarian to Democrat. I, whether you want me in is or not, I'm here. And a lot of people who are like me are here. No, no, and to- I'm fighting for a mandate for the Democrats. And I want everybody out there to see that I'm fighting for it because – it is necessary. It has to happen somewhere. And a lot of people seem to think it's happening in the Republican Party, but it is not. It is not happening in the Republican Party because the Republican Party is refusing accountability for the ways they're fucking up. What I am trying to do is involve accountability, but also say just because I may have done something wrong or maybe the country has done something wrong doesn't mean the whole thing's fucked. I fight for the the good parts. I fight for a good future. And I want everyone to know that I am fighting for it before the election happens so that when the election happens, they walk into the booth noting there are people like me on their side in the Democratic Party. That's what I'm trying to do. Fair. I think to those people who are like you, that may work. And I think it will work. And that's a good thing. Um, I think you're capable of getting like, one or two shades not like you inside of the right. And uh, and those people, when they see your criticism, are are, are, gonna, are not like, some of them will be like you. But again, I want the unreasonable. I just want no way in the hell he wins. And so every time you start doing this, whether you're correct or not, whether I agree with you or not, I'm like, I, I, and this may be rather wrong, we can examine it. It's just like, on a political message standpoint, as someone who like runs campaigns or thinks about it, it's like, shut up, just shut up, just shut up. And like, it's like, I understand, I can take criticism, I can deal with it. You can tell me any of this stuff one on one, but right now, I need people who are gonna hear one thing and one thing only for that to be positive every time they hear it. 
And like, if the only thing that a voter hears, because maybe they only hear like one thing, and sometimes like you've got to just deal with that fact, right? They heard one thing about Joe Biden in the entire election. And if it's that, I'm going to be mad, <laughs> you know, like, and like, that's sort of the framework I think of how to persuade from and how to, how to message from as best you can, right? Avoid as many times where that person who's only going to hear you once, but still vote, which is actually a much, much larger percentage of the voters than you think is ever just turned off by you or the message. Uh, but, but, but that is the problem in which we live. And, and, and it's a paradox. And I see it as a paradox. Yeah. We, I can't be nice. I can't be nice about Trump. I can't say, I can't do a happy little dance and say, Hey guys, like, you know, this is our fight song. Our, it's all right. song. like, that's not me. My, thing is I'm going to say what is on my mind and you can take from that as you will. And if as a Republican, you are not intimately connected with how fucking pissed off I am at Trump, then I haven't done my job. I will not pretend that I am not livid about this man trashing our democracy. Okay. And I'm saying as someone who's happy to have you in the Democratic Party and we always carry our swords inside the tent, it's a thing we do well. I'm happy to have you do that all the time starting November 4th only because like there's real value there and like I get I'm I realize I'm being unreasonable because I because like I'm asking you to put a false front forward which I know is crazy talk from a director actor and editor for you to ever think to yourself maybe I would put a mildly just for I totally see where you're coming from. But this is the thing. This is why well, it makes and, this crazy. And here's the other thing. Like, I, why I it think, makes it crazy think, for that reason. It's I think this joke. is still true of the Republicans. I think Republicans do want to talk. The problem that I have with Republicans when I talk to them is that they talk over me. Like, Matt, you and I got nothing on virtually any Trump supporter. When they start going about Trump, it's just a mile a minute. Every conspiracy theory that they have, it's it, they, they, they've quantified the critique to a point where it drives rounds us out. I have to pierce that not with love, but with anger. That's why I don't like Trump is because it requires a different mindset, one that was does not fit well upon my shoulders, but it is not something that I think is any different than this. I have to make it extremely clear to you that this election is life or death for this country, and I fully expect if Trump were to win, or more likely if he were to steal the election, it would spell the outright end of our republic, and I do not want that. God, I agree. I Please, <laughs> post that seven times a day. Three less articles until November 4th about cancel culture or screaming liberals or anything like that. But that but doesn't... I, 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 I'm fully happy to, to post about that as well. Like that, like No, don't be happy about it. Don't be, be happy about it. Right now, we, we need are. to learn to fucking Darwin, take a criticism. We have it and we are... We're going to govern terribly if I, we walk through this election having no concept of... Of of, Darwin, of the ways in which we're wrong. We're gonna have okay. I know. I think I don't. Here's what I would say. I understand exactly what you're saying. That's the whole ethos of the Democratic Party. That's like the only reason Obama governed the way he did, and the Democrats were the way they were, and we didn't just have universal health care then. Is because there's a huge party part of the Democratic Party that's just consensus building. That just sits there and argues with each other and says you're probably wrong because we could be better, and it's just that freaking annoying as all hell like bookworm type person who we need in this world, right? And we all have knives out for each other, but the way that in theory brings everybody up. However, like 
we also sometimes like need the clarity of sing of like a singular purpose, which in a lot of ways you absolutely have about this. But the way I see it is, and it's it's all of us. Like again, like I'm sure I post stuff that the wrong way. To, and it doesn't even matter. It's just like this is why it makes it so crazy. Any negative, like we become the thing we dislike, and I. And sometimes you have to use the weapon of just shut up and move forward. Don't listen to the lie for now. Like. Can we hold for a month that yes, there may be problems and then we'll address them then and just use a little bit of Trump against himself for now of like, just block it out. No, he's wrong. I don't care. I don't care what you're talking about. It doesn't, I understand cancel. He's wrong. We have to vote against him. Like that's the, like, I hear you. We got to vote against him. Like, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I hear you. We're voting against him. Like that's, I would say like, let's talk about those criticisms November 4th and be happy about it. But like, the next step is, and now we go vote. Well, look, I would love that too, but I, I also think that there is a another permutation to the conversation that we're having, and yeah. unfortunately, that one exists rather outside of the election, and it's the COVID-19 crisis and the really subsequent re reckoning that we're having about cultural issues in that I, most of us quite realistically like if you're listening to this you are probably sitting behind a computer by yourself and that is not the way that consensus gets built like what we have as a species is this overwhelming capacity to feel irrational empathy for one another such that things we thought were super important become less important once we get to know each other. And that is something that we don't have the luxury of getting back into like actual groups of people to adjudicate these, these feelings. And I, I would say even a month of this unchecked would almost destroy our species. So, uh, no, I, I consider the crisis of shame, like, affliction that we're, le le like, sending out into the world is making us depressed, scared, and and that is creating Trumpism more than anything. Like, the idea that nobody else sees the insanity of the critiques as oh my God, maybe we, go we might be going a little too far here. And there's a big range and spectrum of... Well, maybe this critique is accurate, maybe it's a little hyperbolic, or maybe I agree with it today, and maybe tomorrow I feel some skeptical thought. Like how how we intersect with the current culture as individuals is the primary concern for me. And that involves the election, but it is not exclusive to the election. It involves the human self. And we all need to be willing to put ourselves out there and actually engage and have conversations about our individual take on culture. And that's what I don't see from the left. And it's also, incidentally, what I don't see from Trump. Like, you can't criticize him. Those are two movements, part of the same thing. You can't criticize the mainstream thing or you will be cast out of the tribe. That has to go away. And we have to talk about that loudly today, tomorrow, until the end of time. We can't strategize our way around it. Well, I think that's why Joe Biden got the nomination and it kind of has to go without saying and you just let those people burn themselves out because they do. And then what happens is we adopt like 25% of what they want and what we all kind of want because usually like the like it's it's important to have true conservatives and true liberals in a society. It's important to have people who are going too far in, in the freedom of uh, or in like a new way. And it's the rest of our jobs to rein them in. 
right? And like, I have a lot of faith we're going to rein them in because we, as Americans, almost always rein in lefties because all the money is on the right. And like, I, you know, it's just, it's just true. Now, now, there is some money on the left, but like, it's just not the same. Like the, the key to understanding politics is, you know, one of the many keys you could lie about. I say, oh, it's like the Republican Party is accusing Democrats of doing exactly what they do, right? Like George Soros is funding yada yada. It's like the, the Koch brothers and their backing have been doing the dark money funding and not just them, the the dark the, the, the money on the right has been used in education, in all sorts of stuff, the exact way they critique the left of doing it. And that's been the case well, for years. I would actually dispute that the money is on the right. I think that there is a lot of very opinionated money on the right in that people with giant paychecks are willing to blow their fortune on electing Republicans. But Joe Biden has massively outraised uh, Trump and, uh, you know, I, 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 and also, like, let me it's, be it's clarify about that. that. Well, one last thing, like okay. even even putting kind of like that part aside, the important thing is that corporate money is pandering to the left. That is what is happening. And that is not helpful to anybody. But you are absolutely seeing why you're wrong about that. Well, OK. Did you see the article I posted today about the museums that – Canceled an artist who was an anti-racist Jew who, uh, like, from the 1960s, because one one of them depicted Ku Klux Klan members, like, like as a critique, and like that. That is insanity. That is insanity. Just what, trust, no, no, get trust, the babies out of the, the fucking market. room. Trust the market. I it's know. What, I know. No, you're not. The no, 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 no. Needs to know Let that people like through. me are fucking paying attention. The, no. Okay, the market will take care of these people. It's it's what capitalism does, man. It, it takes the hippies' critique, it takes the beaters' critique, and then it sells it back to us as mainstream culture, and then it changes, and then a new but critique it comes through. It averages toward the norm. Like, this is what has made America, especially liberal America over the past 50 years, so fucking profound, is that we made the norm edgy. And exciting and outrageous and and offensive. That was that was the culture we created, and it was a massively important culture to the American cause. What is happening right now is yes, all you different little groups, you'll get a pandered thing exactly to you. But what it won't contain is anything that might offend you or might rope in somebody else. We're all just getting sorted along tribal lines. We get the reality that we that makes sense to us. Nothing that colors outside of the lines, and that is not. A foundation for a healthy society that is interacting with itself. It is a foundation for an extremely tribal society that wants to kill each other. Eh, I mean, it's not good, but also I don't think most people need to grapple with these ideas. I think, like, part of the I th- thing is like the society has to work for all the people in the way they choose to live their life, and most people do not want to live with the kind of discomfort that is being hoisted upon them right now in the ways through politics. And there's tons of regular everyday life stuff that sucks, and you live through, and we do all those things, and we're taking that away from people as well, and we're forcing them to care about stuff in Washington that they have no control over, and mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the that's like honestly the crime here. It's like look. Like, I want democracy. I want people to go and vote. But you know what? Part of it is, if you're if you're one of the elites or you're running, even a mayor of a town or whatever you're doing, if, if the dumbest person who's in your town to the smartest person, if they, like, if, if the dumbest people start getting angrier and angrier and angrier, or just any faction of humanity starts getting angrier and angrier and angrier at you, like, 
you're probably messing up. Like a, a little, like now, not not totally. But I, like, that that is the opposite. Like you're probably doing something right. I mean, probably. I don't. I don't know. I, I, like, think, like, I mean, depends. Do you think Trump's doing something right? Like, do you think Trump's doing something right? Like consistently making the people around him angry, or like the system is doing something wrong when it makes people at the people who are like everyday workers, blue collar and all that very angry about their lives and not able to feed themselves and stresses them. And that's part of the system. And that's part of what elites do. And like, that's this, this entire, like the entire country's going through that right now. Right. That's the haves and the have nots. And, but we need, we need like gradients here. Like it, it's not all like, like anybody who pisses you off, pissed you off to the same degree. Like that, that is what's being flattened in the conversation directly as a result of social media. And so if you have a bully like Trump who is saying actively, I hate you and I hate you and I really, really, really want to fuck you over, that is a massive difference from Ben Shapiro or J.K. Rowling or any of these people who are saying things you're like, eh, you know, like, uh, that's annoying. Maybe I strenuously disagree with it, but fundamentally I don't hate this person. You know, like that, that, that is... That is something we just really need to establish. Right. Like, like well, bullies Darwin. exist. Not everybody you say is a bully is right. automatically a bully. And all that's much more possible to, for us to have those conversations when the person at the top isn't like actually denying reality, right? You can't have conversations <laughs> like we want to have when yes. there's someone at the top who's controlling the situation who is literally gaslighting and denying reality. So like, no, there's a lot less tolerance on the left for for stuff against what they're saying because, like, if they're denied, then the person at the top is just going to deny everything, right? Like, the, the system's yeah, going to deny but again, everything. Like, I'm I'm not in that battle. Like, I'm you in the battle in to get battle. rid of. Well, sure, sure. So in 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 the binary, I am. But I but 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 this part of the conversation is not a binary. Thankfully, it's it's the part where I say, look, I'm fighting as far hard as I can for Biden, and not just Biden for Republicans to get voted out. Top to bottom, across the board, every single one of them until they renounce Trump. So I completely agree with you. Trump's absolute horridness is contributing massively to this. And it is why I want him to resign, to be impeached, to be gone, to be voted against. I'm I'm done with him and I find him to be the biggest threat to America. That does not mean that I am going to stand idly by why idiotic ideas percolate on the other side. Like, no, this is my party now. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to fight for it to be a normal party that is good to people, that wants people to be happy and successful, not... A, an angry party that hates, 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 hates. That that is that is just not in my in the cards. And I'm not going to like strategically sit back and let that party d- chart its course as a party that represents hatred in the name of equality. Like, and I'm not saying that again. That's a little bit of an overstatement, but that is why I participate in these debates. That is why I participate in the conversation. I find okay, it so extremely important. I hear exactly. What you, I hear what you're saying, and I think I. I I guess here's how I perceive it, or I feel like when I hear you say this, to some degree, while I hear, I, I see that there's truth in what you're saying, I think to some degree the universe is that you get what you seek or you get what you see. And I think sometimes the way you're seeing it amplifies that as a problem to a higher degree than maybe it would be on the whole. Because we all have those things which do that. And um, and maybe that's what we're supposed to do. But like, I think the way you're seeing the world is creating even more things like that 
that are not even solvable at the time, but will be more in the future because you're worried about the thing. It's like, if I see it, like it's, it's the, it's the hammer nail problem, right? If I'm a hammer, everything seems like a nail. And it's like, when I start driving this type of car, I just start seeing that type of car everywhere else again. Like, and I, and I'm sure you could point out five things like that to me, like the pitchfork stuff. I notice everywhere recording pitchforks, right? That's the thing I see everywhere. Maybe it's not true. Maybe that's never what will happen. And so I don't know if that's true, but this is about my perception of your thought. I guess now that I'm coming to it. I, I, look, I, I think it is um, a, a one hat to put on the situation. I don't think it's necessarily the most important framing because sometimes you're right. I think sometimes, yes, you can, I, for instance, I think we sort of created the white nationalist resurgence that we're in right now because we called everything an example of white nationalism. And I think that I see that happening a lot more now in the uh, case of our current reckoning over George Floyd. Like, like there is a, um, a, a movement underway in our racial reckoning to say pretty much everything is a, an outgrowth of white superiority. And I, I, I find that to be the same thing that you're describing of – you're going to create a lot of white supremacists if everything who is not exactly like you is white supremacy. That you're going to manifest that, and that's that. Uh, to me, I feel like I'm 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 engaged in trying to burst those bubbles so, and say, look, part of this is racial. Part of like we have had all of us difficult conversations about race. At least I would hope so. In these past several months, they've been illuminating. I've changed my mind on a lot of things. You know, that doesn't mean that I'm going to just stop talking. And so if, no, no, and if I, I did stop, can I, can I ask you about this? Yeah, now? sure. So no, no, I, this is it's really important what you're talking about with race here and how we're discussing it. Like you talk, bring something up to the surface. Like um, we, you do have to agitate, I think, to get through situations and to create the change. And like, it's going to feel awkward to be the one being agitated to. So like you say, you know, we shouldn't, like we create the white nationalist backlash that, that we're getting. Well, you know, before Obama was elected, we all took it as gospel that a black person could never get elected president. And then, like, even black people did. They were like, it's just never going to happen, or at least we'll be along. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it happens, right? And then eight years later, a whole bunch of people in the country think that just racism doesn't exist or never did. You know, or that that wouldn't have an effect today, right? And when people deny that that reality, then you get people arguing back, and then you get this this circle, Right. Uh, and yes, there are there is some degree in which the more you talk about um, race and the more it's handled indelicately and the more, you know, like the, I saw this one report of like it was a if you're just a poor kid at your school, poor white kid at your school and you have a couple bad run ins with some kids and you take it the wrong way and no one straightens you out. then that adds to your racism and you might become mm -hmm. and you're a new type of racist like then you're racist because you're like, well, I'm told you can't be racist and I was treated badly. So that means X, right? And I can go this way. And then you get to play your victim card. And that is where these people. And so when they hear all of it, yeah, they become, it becomes worse. They get the backlash. So yeah, when race is handed indelicately, it creates its own backlash. But much like I don't know how, much like you don't know how, and I really don't know how as I'm saying it, you could just only post positive without criticism. I don't know how we get to where we're going without going through the bringing out of these people, like people having to bring through this moment. 
I well, I agree with like it's it's the the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. I, I'm I'm not trying to suggest that the un, the discomfort of the conversation is uh, itself bad. What I do think is that we we only can know what the discomfort that was good and what the discomfort that we felt because we honestly are just good people and we saw a bad idea when we saw it, we're not going to understand the difference between those unless we actually engage with the ideas and allow ourselves to be pissed off and allow others to engage with it and have a fluid reaction to things and that is why and like like now right now as we're asking ourselves these questions is when we need to be the most forgiving of one another like in totality and what we cannot do is start just laying down all of these absurd rules and saying that everything in the united states culture is a history of white supremacy i do not think that that is the most useful framing of course most of it was invented by white people so there is that but i also think that a lot of american culture is itself a reaction to authoritarian tendencies that we inherited from britain and from europe that we fought against and we excised and we excised it at great cost to ourselves fighting a bloody civil war like we fought a war for property and some of that and a lot of that property was people okay like i'm sorry (laughs) but we're not no 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 no, we're not like i get what you're saying from from then to there has to matter not just that you don't get why the whole time you don't get why i don't want you to talk about like the negative stuff but they're like you're doing the same thing with this that I'm asking you to not do about Trump. And I don't know how we get through all this, right? Like, like you're saying like, don't talk about the bad stuff about what doing it. Or like, but like you're, then you're like, everyone needs to be okay to criticism. Right. But then you're asking for less criticism about white people. Like I, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what you want well, here. Okay, because first of all, way. I am not asking for less well, criticism. I, that's about white people. Oversim- what I am asking for is intelligent criticism of white people. Well, okay, that is a like, much more important it's individual versus ideas like to me like again like you put me in front of a trump supporter i am happy to like follow them down their crazy road unless it's QAnon, which i just can't keep a straight face i just have to start telling them that they're full of shit and i will and i have recently and i got told that i had a chip on my shoulder well, uh guys, but you know what i'm sorry Darwin. <laughs> where you go one you go all he's been in hollywood they have him they have him. Like, but what i'm saying is Q, like i'm more than get capable Darwin. of like being curious about why a specific person might vote for Trump. I am more than happy to listen you, like hear you out, to be your friend, to love you, to 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 tell you like I want you to live a happy, long life with financial security, good health care, good a feeling of independence, a feeling of like purpose. Like I want all of those things for you. What I'm not going to do is avoid describing what our political moment is, which is abstract and and filled with vague um, impulses and ideas. I'm not going to pretend that that is an equal take. I am an atheist. I resist dogma. I, I the, 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 the point of being an atheist is that you do not subscribe to dogma because you find it simplistic and boring. And that is what I am doing when I am critiquing Trump, when I am critiquing the left, when I'm critiquing religion, when I'm tre- critiquing Christians, Jews, Islam, any of the orthodox versions of these religions can be crazy. All of them have blood on their hands to some level. What if like, the truth the, like is simple atheists and have boring. blood on their hands too? Like we all are capable what if, of complete. What if the truth is simple and boring? Um. Well. Okay, but what is what is that? 
I mean, again, you're just finding your game to play. We're all finding our game to play. You're, you, this is the area where you take criticism. But you like, could say the same thing to me when I was in sixth grade arguing about evolution, right? You know, like on some level, it's not a game. It's I enjoy ideas. Yeah, it is a game. That's that's a game. That's the it's, it's, game it's you basically, play. It's, like, it's what Sam Harris says. It's like the real conversation here is do ideas matter? And that is, I think, the, the frustration I have with Trump supporters is their idea that, well, whatever he says doesn't matter because he's just an act and that's just all that is. And what I am saying, what I think you're probably saying too, is no – what he's saying is crazy and it matters. It matters because it informs us of to what he does. And it also matters because it informs the rest of us to have how to react to him. Yeah. And it's, and there's a lot, there's a lot with him and why, what he does. And we, but we, we, it makes us all crazier because again, when, when the person who's the, like, I, I don't know how much I thought of it before, but, I think it's just if you're going to be the president of the United States and you're going to get the full faith and credit of this giant country and this experiment we're doing, you have to be willing to be the biggest person in the room kind of all the time. Yes. Like all the time. Like, you know what? Like I never doubted that Richard Nixon could be the biggest person in the room on an international scale. Did you? Would you? Reagan? No, he lived on being that person. He lived on magnanimousness. He understood it. H.W. Uh, Bush understood it massively. Uh, Clinton understood how to be the biggest person in the room, how to use the size and might and the ability to take a blow of the American people for the greater good. And the same with, uh, even same with W. I mean, his mistake was preemptive strike in Iraq, which is the opposite of doing that, but the rest of him could still do it. Obama the same way. And Trump and even, I, I Well, I would actually say Trump can he just doesn't uh, that that is i think the the most infuriating aspect of trump because i do see how sometimes people hear his words and assume that he's dumber than he is like i don't think that trump is so dumb that he can't put two and two together but i do think that he's got flaws massive flaws that are narcissistic in nature now, that make him so overwhelmingly defensive okay. that he just can't focus on actually being a good person. We got to discuss this right now before we get our final debate takes. We just went so random in places, but <laughs> um, Darwin, did you pay more than $750 in taxes this year? <laughs> I paid more than $750 yes. in taxes this year. I, yes. Uh, like, like one of two things is true. Either he's massive, a massive tax cheat, or he's really bad at business. And I think it's probably both, to be honest with you. I think it's a combination of the mm -hmm. two. But, like, something's seriously wrong here. And, like, I am no longer even for the income tax because I think federal dollars, we've discussed, are, are largely imaginary. It's about controlling money supply. So, like, the way you do it is different and the way you need to do it is – But, like, 750 bucks out of that, that pocket – Versus way more for me and way more for you and way more for a lot of other people in federal income tax is crazy and exposes the problem. Like the federal income tax should be for the ultra wealthy and that's it. Like, well, and also just like 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 you know if you if you break it down into his his tax practices, uh, there were just some like very easy lies to catch. On these no, forms. like no, so Darwin, he like, never lies. Instance, he, he's like, never the, lied. But like, it's 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 <laughs> just that it's like it's not just that he 
he did what he could to pay the least number of taxes possible. It's that he got away with brazen fucking shit and nobody held him to account. And he he wrote off a billion dollar loss from his casinos in the 90s. And what he did in that moment was he basically took billion dollars from the bank and he went to, you know, build his casinos. The casinos failed. Now, he could have just defaulted on the loan, but that would have prevented him from counting the billion dollars as a loss. So he went to the bank and he offered them equity in the failing business so that both him and the bank could claim the billion dollar loss. So like like and and that's just the kind of like you know you don't get to do both. You don't get to offer them equity well, and then also say I can't pay this back. I lost the money in casinos. Like like he, he it's a, it's double dipping and nobody called him on it. Well, and that's a billion dollars. Bank, right? That's a billion well, fucking dollars. Or Brad Parscale <laughs> today being like the Brad Parscale thing where he's uh, uh you know is having a like where he's being detained for his own safety. They're being accused of money laundering. The whole thing has seemed like a money laundering scheme the entire time. Like, how are they short yeah, on cash? Exactly, and and he's he's due to to fucking owe back the this four hundred and twenty or seventy million dollars of of loans are due in the next four years. You know, if he does, what happens if he doesn't pay them? They take his Trump Tower. They tra- take his shit from him. Yeah, you know, like that, so. Why do you think he ran for president? He ran for president to boost his brand, the only thing he has that's truly valuable, you know. But but you suckers got suckered into it. I'm so, I'm just I'm so mad because this man is just taking so much such ballsy advantage of the Republican Party of you. He's failed as president. He's killed hundreds of thousands of people in the COVID crisis. He's absolutely massively failed to show leadership in every fucking conceivable way. Wow. And you're saying maybe you should vote for him again. Why don't you why, why don't you barnstorm your way to Trump Tower and demand that he resign immediately? Well, like that's like anything Darwin, short of that is insanity. Darwin, I have to stop you. You can cut this if you want. Um, <laughs> which state are you registered to vote in now that you're in Texas for the next couple months? Oh, California. Still. I hate you. You should have left two <laughs> months earlier and registered like I did. I know. Remember, I folks. Know. Remember, I. Put my money where my mouth is and register to vote here before Beto's loss. Darwin just didn't even help us. Didn't even add one more vote. There's probably three Republicans who came to escape the fires. When Texas does not go blue, there's one. I, man- I'll be voting on some important stuff though, like uh, the 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 bill that's going to be like a hybrid version for for uh, ride share drivers. We know that Darwin mass- wants to important. exercise back his hand to California and control their lives. He has no influence and care anymore there, but no, he just wants like, to go from the grave. You know, okay, can, can, I, can we talk about like California exodus real fast, and then we'll yeah. go. Like, I, I, like you know, Joe Rogan going going to Texas, Ben Shapiro's moving to to uh, Tennessee, um, and like uh, so so like you know, my brother uh, moved from California to Texas. They couldn't get a moving van because everybody's grabbing moving vans, driving them out of California and not coming back. So it took them like they had to fly back. They just got it today or or, uh, yesterday. Um, So like there is a massive backlog of people leaving California. And it's because like California is smashed to bits on fire 
overwhelmingly expensive and the one thing that keeps you there is the fact that you can go out and have all these cool times with other people. And so when you take all that away because of the COVID crisis, there's just no reason to be there. But it doesn't mean that I will always not want to be in California. I'm I'm Cali at heart and I, I – I don't know. Like, I, I don't know genuinely where I want to end up, you know, right, yeah, right now, don't get probably that. make a decision in March, you know, like it's, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm in Texas now. Maybe I'm going to go on to the East coast. Like I have no idea where I want to like put down roots yet. I mean, look, honest to God, like if, if, the, if, if California, if LA had, if any, almost any part of California had 10% less people, it's the greatest place on earth. Like, it's just the truth. Like you guys don't realize it unless you've been out there. Like, and I, I'm like, you know, like I have reasons that I have issues at times where I don't want to go out there. But like, it's just true. If like, if there wasn't traffic and there was less people like there, you just it's hard to beat L.A. It really is hard mm-hmm. to beat Venice Beach. Yeah, it's hard LA to be the greatest. City it's hard to beat Venice Beach. In a lot of ways. Except know, like- for the fact that that Darwin, who I'd warned so many times and the developers of L.A., were violating my number one rule all day long. And eventually the number one rule came back to bite them. <laughs> When, yep. you build a, when you build a uh, multi-thousand-dollar-a-month uh, studio apartment or even one-bedroom apartment next to Skid Row, uh, <laughs> you're asking for pitchforks. And truthfully, yep. you deserve them a little bit. A little bit. Um, but but not Darwin. Darwin didn't deserve anyone. He evolved past, <laughs> evolved past it by getting out of there. Um, well, look, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, Is Joe Rogan going to be, what, in Houston? Austin, I guess? Yeah, Austin. Austin probably. He's barely in Texas, um, yeah. Nashville's awesome. Like if if the Cali way can export to the rest of the nation, like I would love nothing more than the grand ethos of LA to find its roots in Amarillo, Texas, or 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 you know, like, I, I, like I, no, 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 no. Like, I want none of that. None of that. None of that. I want PCH. You really, we got I want legal weed actual, in LA. No, okay, <laughs> that's that's fine. I want the actual Pacific Coast Highway. I want the actual mountains. I want the actual like like I want actual like Venice Beach. I don't want a bunch of people who think they're on the damn beach all day because like the idea like the number of uh, half grown adults in LA was extra. Like I am tired of seeing forty year old men in like cargo shorts and flip flops worth $2 million. It's extra and terrible. And like, <laughs> there was a little bit of stuntedness that needs to be out of that area for like everyone. Well, that, but that, but that, that really is the extreme West side of LA, like the Venice, the Santa Monica. Cause, cause yeah, if you have all the money in the world, you're going to go out and purchase beachfront property. That's what's going to happen. And so yeah. it naturally skews that all of the people who are living by the beaches are like giant man babies. Right. You know, so well, like that is, there. Like, like, but, but, like, so I lived in downtown Los Angeles, which is a 45 minute drive from the beach, you know, like, and, and that was a lot chiller, a lot cooler. Like, a lot of the best culture of LA is Until inland for that exact reason. It wasn't. Until it wasn't, right. Like, <laughs> you know? like it was really chilly cool until, like, the homeless took it back. Um, yeah. Like, oh my God. And they did. They took it back. I mean, I was stepping over needles. There were people naked running through the streets. Uh, like, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, you look at it and you just look at like, how the hell do we as a species get to a point where like, I'm stepping over 15 people who are just sleeping on the ground when I walk to CVS and, well, and I just had, don't. Had you guys like, actually used the money that was voted in in LA for the homeless crisis and like in all of California? Lo- local communities. Like, like, had you actually, problem, like, 
had you local actually communities fight it. Oh yeah, oh, like, they like, that, like like well, they, they always do. You know, well, like, the that's developers like, need your apartment, Darwin. Well, hopefully, what happens to all those fucking apartments is they become like renovated homeless. Like they don't need. It's just wild. And when you also when you concentrate homelessness in one area, and when you concentrate poverty in one area, it just gets worse. You need to have uh, upper income and lower income people living much closer together across America as much as you need interracial mm-hmm. uh, uh, interracial uh, segregation. Like the segregation in this society is largely uh, is income. It's not as much. It is racial, but it's income, and then it yeah. divides along race. Um, so I don't know. Well, uh, that's about all I got for tonight, Darwin. As we uh, watch the apocalypse uh, begin upon us tomorrow um, with the debate, or a whole lot of fun. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Lefty Darwinism. Later. <laughs>